The Ask Theory podcast shines the spotlight on Pinoy scientists from various scientific disciplines. Listen to some of the country's best scientific minds as they explain what they do in simple terms and share fascinating stories of how they got into science, the incredible things they've learned about the world around us, and so much more. All right, so today on the podcast, we have Dr. Philip Cruz. He is the Country Medical Director at Moderna UK. With over 15 years of experience in medical affairs in the field of vaccines and pediatrics within the pharmaceutical industry. At Moderna in the UK, Dr. Cruz is responsible for the development and execution of the medical affairs strategy for Moderna's infectious disease franchise and drives scientific leadership for the vaccine portfolio while ensuring compliance with applicable policies and procedures. A pediatrician by training, Dr. Cruz is actively involved in clinical research, research and development, and pharmaceutical medicine. So, hello, Dr. Philip. How are you today? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And thank you rin po. I want our listeners to know that you actually made time for this. Ka. Sa ngayon, si Dr. Philip ay nasa isang conference. And we are actually recording this podcast between sessions. Am I correct, doctor? That's very correct. And it's my pleasure. Kasi ang conference namin is about immunization. And the thing is, it's like people are coming back, attending in person. So, it's quite an exciting time. But now conferences are what you call hybrid, where people can dial in and at the same time they can attend face-to-face. Aha, oo nga eh. Actually, marami na nga rin pong mga events dito sa Philippines, mga news press conferences or mga science-related mm-hmm. events na may live attendance na. Actually, we just had the National Science and Technology Week last week and that was a live event. And attendance was pretty good from what I've heard. I wasn't able to attend kasi medyo nag-iingat pa rin ako sa paglabas-labas these days. But... Ayun. So, let's get started. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey with regard to falling in love with science? Paano po ba kayo na in love sa science? I would say, ano, in, a, in a very young age, pero syempre, when you're growing up, you kind of try and discover what your interests are. Syempre, meron din opportunities to dabble in the arts. So, I love to draw, I love to, to paint. And at the same time, parang when in school, na you do experiments. So, you kind of like that scientific query, inquisitiveness, yung talagang gusto mong may, may parang scientific question, yun nakaka-interest, ano, yung parang investigation na lang dating when you have a scientific query in mind. So that kind of attracted to me, yung scientific process and scientific method in experimentations. Mm-hmm. So can you describe how you were able to establish your career in pediatrics and pharmaceutical medicine? I think it all started with my interest to go into the field of medicine. Mm-hmm. So actually, I had it quite early in um, in high school. I really wanted to be in medicine because it's all about you know the interest in in being able to be an instrument of healing. You know, being with patients and what also kind of attracted me early on was the field of pediatrics because you know it's all about the challenge of of treating babies. And actually, yeah, immunizations, we had it. And somehow that intrigued me and kind of interested me in pursuing this field. So from there, it kind of progressed to taking up medicine. So I took up medicine at the UP College, medicine in Manila. Mm-hmm. And then there, I further developed my interest in pediatrics. But yeah, it was a, it was a tough uh, journey because obviously, puro aral yan, puro puyat. 
pagod, you know, but it paid out in the end because you're pursuing something that you feel that you're destined to do. So that I think kind of helped me through. Mm-hmm. So talking about, you know, things that you were destined to do, ano po ba yung, kung yung mission niyo po bilang isang scientist, makakapture niyo in one sentence, what would that be and why? Well, tumulong sa nakakarami. And I think, you know, how how would you do that? And for me, my mission is really to simplify scientific messages, to reach out to people, to educate. And that's why I'm in the field right now where I'm reaching out to more patients, people, educating them on the science, and now focusing on the science of vaccination and what it does in preventing disease. So I think that's kind of like overall the mission that that I have. Mm-hmm. You've had an extensive career in vaccines and pediatrics. Aside from working at Moderna, you were also with GSK Vaccines and AstraZeneca. Yep. These are these are names that are familiar to a lot of us now. <laughs> Kasi anyone who has not been living under a rock for the past three years would be familiar with Moderna, with AstraZeneca. So right now, you are holding an important position in a pharmaceutical company that, that's the, that is at the forefront of fighting this urgent global fight. I have to ask, How has your life been during these past three years? <laughs> Hectic to say the least. <laughs> uh, never a dull moment. No day is the same. But you know, it's all in really with, with regards to what the purpose is. And, and this is, of course, to address you know solutions for the pandemic because we all got caught up in it. Yeah, I mean, this is a global effort to say the least. So, you know, it's all about, you know, keeping track of everything and being in the forefront of it, especially in science. Kasi nga, you know, not anywhere I think in history where you see the progress, especially with vaccines. And I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. When, well, before the pandemic, it would take at least 10 to 15 years to develop a vaccine from research up until getting a vaccine into an arm. But because of the pandemic, you can't afford to take that long. And what happened was there was a global effort. So the Corona teamwork all around, all the stakeholders were very much you know, acting as a team. And therefore, what happened was there was a streamlining of efforts. So I wouldn't say shortcut because that has a different connotation to it. But what happened was people were talking to each other. People were very much working together and collaborating and on a common good. And this is really getting a solution to address the pandemic as quickly as possible because people were dying. And so that, I think, was kind of like the success story there. But yeah, that's it really. Mm-hmm. Can you go a little deeper into, in terms that the average non-science person like me can understand, what did it take po ba to develop within such a short period of time yung epektibo at gumagana talaga na COVID-19 vaccine? Kasi nabanggit niyo po yung shortcut noong mga early days na pinapakilala pa lang yung vaccine sa mundo, yung COVID-19 vaccine sa mundo. Ang dami kong narinig nga na, ah, shortcut yan, minadali yan. So, mm. Paano po ba nang, nangyari ito na sa sobrang urgent itong pangangailangan ito, nagawa ng paraan ng Uh-oh. not just your company but a lot of other companies as well? Magtutuwa well, namin na dali pero may proseso. Mm-hmm. Yun ang importante natin na i-highlight na like I said, you know, everyone banded together like yung regulatory authorities, all the health organizations, yung mga public health institutions sa mga bansa. So yun ang, yun ang remarkable eh, kasi nga everyone has a common goal so that is that is important but i think really what was crucial was in terms of working together like people were doing the clinical trials and then you know the regulatory authorities were 
evaluating the data and the information in real time. Mm -hmm. But I think the process started with, first of all, like you say, you know, when you want to win the war, first know the enemy. So we had to know what the virus is, what the causative agent is. And in this instance, you know, it was a virus that actually we don't know how it kind of evolved, pero in terms of how it came about, we were able to map the code, kumgain genetic code niya, and that kind of spurred all the subsequent events. So once we got the code and, and for the company, we knew the recipe and then now it's for us to create the, the finished product and the vaccine. So in a couple of months, we had a and then that was ready to be tested. And of course, you know, safety cannot be compromised. We need to ensure that we need safety profile. So yun ang unang step sa clinical trial process. So it's the safety evaluation. So to make sure na unang-una na hindi to nakaka-harm. So yun ang unang ginawa. And then nag-subsequent na clinical trial on efficacy na kung epektibo nga ba itong bakuna to sa, sa mga tao. And the best way to go about it is address it kung sino yung talagang tatamaan ng COVID. So inumpisan sa mga may edad ng nakakatanda and those na talaga na kailangan ng bakuna agad. So sinumulan sa kanila. And then when nakita nga na efficacious yung, yung bakuna and that's where the, the regulatory authorities examine the data, uh, look at the profile, the safety benefit profile. Meron mga side effects pero hindi naman to concerning. Meaning like in a sore arm, masakit, mabigat yung katawan, may konting parang trangkasong feeling. Pero that is a sign na your immune system is working so, kumbaga, kinonsider yun ng mga nag-evaluate ng regulations and they said, okay, and then they gave the stamp of approval. Ano muna, ang tinatawag dun is emergency use na authorization dahil nga may pandemia, may mga condition na preliminary na kailangan ma-meet and this is yun na nga, yung, yung safety benefit na kailangan favorable. And then, may monitoring na nangyayari at the same time. Pero, kumbaga, binigay na nila yung yung approval na yun para igamit sa population. And that's when it all started. Actually, the companies were looking at this. And when you want to roll out a vaccine program na million or you know, to instead of billion na gusto mong mabigyan, kailangan simulan mo na agad-agad. So companies were kind of uh, producing the vaccine on a um, 24-hour, you know, seven days. It's talagang around the clock. And that's kind of like, again, super human challenge of coordinating the supply and everything else to the point na alam mo pati yung lalagyan ng bakuna like yung vials yung, yung glass <laughs> nagkaroon din ng problema ng supply nun so even that kailangan mo i-consider so talaga it was really a global effort and to get it out kasi unang-una yung mga bakuna merong mga pwedeng sa ref yung iba naman talagang ultra cold yeah. na tipong minus at talagang Sobrang lamig na kailangan na storage, yun din. Isang napakahirap na sa gabal yun. Paano mo i-roll out yun sa mga bansang walang mga capabilities, walang mga ultra-cold na refrigerator. Sa, sa bansa natin, for example, na you don't have that type of facility at saka mainit. So those are the things you need to consider. So ang dami, ang daming parang, I'm basically summarizing it, pero <laughs> ang daming mga efforts that went into it. A lot of resources, time, and everything, really. Yeah, nga, the way you describe it pa lang, eh, very, very simple na nga, and I'm sure na nasummarize yung nga yung mga intricate steps. Pero it still seems like a very complicated machinery that siguro only a global pandemic could bring about. 
yung ganitong magnitude of cooperation, which is both sad and impressive at the same time. Kasi if you, if you think about it, despite all of this effort, meron pa mga nagdududa or meron pa hindi convinced about COVID-19 vaccination. Which kind of leads to my next question. If you can think of three yung pinaka, tatlong pinaka-common na objections na narinig nyo about the COVID-19 vaccines, what are they and ano yung, ano yung usual na sinasagot nyo? Well, unang-una yung sinasabi niya about safety concerns. So let me just focus on yung mRNA vaccine yung mm-hmm. ginagawa namin. First of all, hindi ito bago. Matagal na to ilang dekada to na ito na pinag-aralan and examine. And nagkaroon na ng mga safety studies sa mga animals and then meron din na simula na studies sa mga tao. So hindi to isang bagay na ginawa overnight. That's one thing na ipong nako ano ang safety profile nito. So gusto natin i-reassure mga tao na maraming mga pag-aaral na, na ginawa beforehand, even before the pandemic. So that's also one thing for the other vaccines na Pati yun, kasi nga, yung mga mechanisms, no, yung technology na yun, nagamit na sa ibang mga klaseng bakuna. So, meron ng safety experience. And therefore, it's just pivoting to a new virus, kumbaga. So, ganun ang nangyayari sa profile. So, that's kind of like one of the concerns about, you know, in terms of the safety profile. And, yun nga, I think it's more kind of the concerns of uncertainty. How does it you know, pan out, uh, how will it perform in real life, any side effects that you need to worry about. What we need to tell people is lahat ng kahit anong side effect or adverse event na tinatawag, monitor yan. And therefore, also, it's an appeal to the public na kapag meron kayo na experience, i-report nyo sa, well, dito sa UK, we have a system, an adverse event reporting system. And if you're not sure, ask your doctor about it na kapag meron ka na experience na parang sa tingin mo oh, side effect ito, you report nyo kagad because that is being recorded on a global surveillance system. However, I think what is important is also to note na basahin like meron mga information leaflets na what to expect. Mm-hmm. So yun nga din. So sabihin nyo rin kung meron kayo mga allergies, ano experience nyo dati sa mga ibang bakuna. So I think that is important to highlight is to have that discussion and wag lang you know, basta'ng tatahimik lahat ng mga questions nyo, hindi nyo sasabihin sa doktor nyo, i-research na lang sa internet, which <laughs> oh, is okay. the best place to to get your information. I think that, kasi, you know, like, as doctors, we spend years in medical school, in, uh, you know, residency, by specialization pa. So talagang we invested a significant chunk of our lives to our profession. So I think it's really down to maintaining the trust mm-hmm. and also I think it's an appeal to healthcare professionals generally is to take time to listen listen to the public the patients what their concerns are because sometimes it's just a matter of not getting the information eh. and and they get it from the wrong sources the unreliable sources I would say so yun yung mga kind of common uh, misconceptions that we could definitely address na una-una nga yung maraming mga evaluations ang ginawa on safety hindi to minadali yung minadali in a way na nagkaroon ng streamline of processes na ganun pa rin ginagawa pa rin yung mga checks yung mga pag-examine pero in a way you know, what you're getting is is really a symbol of tons of work that go into it and you know it's being monitored it's being kind of yung tinatawag nating surveillance so meron kaming global surveillance 
So kung merong isang parang signal na tinatawag o may adverse event, we will readily pick it up and you know, titingnan namin kung related. Sometimes yun, hindi naman related. Yeah, yun yung parang correlation lang. Kumbaga, nagkataon lang. Parang sinasahan mo, may isang pasyente na bakunahan. Pagkalabas ng bakuna center, nasagasaan ng tricycle. Uh, yeah. oh, Sinabi yeah. nila, nasagasaan dahil sa bakuna. So, oh you know, yung mga ganong klaseng <laughs> mga pag-associate. So, that's important na kailangan i-evaluate ni address. And I think there's no stupid questions. There's no question that doesn't need to be answered. I think we need to address that. Kasi nga, like what I said, sometimes the point is, kailangan ng mga tao ng information. And therefore, take time to speak with them. Yun ang advice ko. Yeah, you know, I, I just have to say, it's funny that you used that example, yung nagpabakuna, tapos lumabas, tapos nasagasaan. Because this reminded me of an experience I had with a public official, Philippine public official, hindi ko na lang siguro siya papangalanan. Pero this public no. official, siguro pag describe ko, mahuhulaan na rin ng mga nakikinig. Pero this public official, back in, you know, the early days of the pandemic, nung, no, I mean, in the early days na na-introduce na yung vaccine, this person was staunchly anti-vaccine. And mahilig mag-share itong, itong public official na ito ng mga thoughts niya on Twitter. One of the the things that this person, I'm, I'm trying not to mention the gender then, <laughs> of this person uh, on Twitter is isang study that said merong apat na nabakunahan na namatay ayon sa study. So ako, nakita ko yung tweet nung taong to, tinignan ko yung study, binasa ko yung study, tapos nakalagay dun sa study yung apat na namatay Walang kinalaman sa vaccine yung pagkamatay nila. Yung dalawa nasagasaan. Tapos yung dalawa may pre-existing na medical condition na yung kinamatay nila hindi related sa vaccine. So, nung pinoint out ko ito doon sa same Twitter thread nitong public official na to, blinak niya ako. <laughs> so, naalala ko lang tong experience na to because talagang para sa akin, minsan talagang kailangan habaan natin yung pasensya natin at pag-unawa at siguro gandahan yung pagpapaliwanag din. Kasi kahit ipaliwanag mo or point out mo yung mga bagay na nandyan na sa, sa harapan nila. Minsan talagang yung bias nila against or existing beliefs nila about the pandemic, about vaccination, talagang sobrang lakas na they will reject whatever it is that you tell them. Ayun na nga, parang ang, sa akin lang kasi, nakakalimutan natin unang-una, ano yung kalaban natin? Ang kalaban natin is COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, yung sakit na yun, maraming dulot. Like, you know, it causes stroke, It causes, you know, problems sa lahat sa ating organ systems. And then, nakakalimutan yun. And focus yung mga bagay-bagay na isolated na events tapos na na-attribute sa bakuna. So, I think we need to be mindful. And this is why it's difficult sa trabaho namin, and especially being in a company that produces vaccines. Kasi unang-una, ang bakuna kasi binibigay sa healthy na tao. Kung baga, wala kang sakit at that time. It compared to, you know, dealing with medicines, let's say, if there's a may side effects, okay lang kasi it treats cancer. So, kumbaga parang, you know, yun yung perspective. Pero sa bakuna, kasi healthy eh. So, there's no tolerance for any adverse events, definitely. So, yun yung difference. And nakakalimutan na. Like ngayon, kasi yung generation ngayon, we haven't seen polio. <laughs> But, you know, if you consider how many generations before, kung makakita ka ng polio, kasi ngayon, mag-google mag- mo na lang. 
makikita mo itsura nila, matatakot ka talaga. And therefore, I think that is crucial na, you know, out of sight, out of mind, kumaga hindi na nakikita yung impact ng disease. And for me kasi, as medical intern in the biggest hospital in the country, nakikita ko yung effect ng preventable disease. Yung una kong pasyente na matay sa, when I was a resident in training pediatrics, unfortunately succumbed due to a vaccine-preventable disease. So doon nag-stick sa akin na, you know, naiwasan sana kung meron lang bakuna yung pasyente natin. And uh, my patients are mostly indigent. It's, and it's parang for me, you know, a tragedy in itself. So nakakalungkot. And, you know, that's what carried me through na tipong yung thought na naiwasan mo eh. And that's the biggest kind of regret that you can have na pwede yung maiwasan sa isang injection ng bakuna. Itong sakit na nagdulot ng kapansan. And so, you know, yun yung parang gusto natin pawating na this is looking after the public's health. So vaccination is a public health tool. It basically takes care of and prevents diseases that kind of, you know, plagues our, our public and our patients. So yun yung parang mensahe na gusto kong ipawating na talagang focus on who the real enemy is. And this is the disease that we want to prevent against. And our, our work really is is very much cut out with regards. It's like selling health insurance, you know. <laughs> you you have to invest early on when you're healthy, yes. your immune system is great. That's where you get the most benefit. Kumbaga, you're preventing for a future threat in terms of diseases. So, hindi lang for COVID, I mean, the other vaccines like um, for trangkaso, you know, for meningitis, mga ganyan. Kasi nakita ko yung effect na ng dinudulot ng mga sakit na ito eh. And it's life-changing. It alters, you know, the family is affected as well. You know, the income and everything else. It's a societal parang impact. So, yeah, I mean, that's why it's seen as a worthwhile health investment. And the government, for example, here in the UK, puts a lot of investment in it because the healthy population is a healthy nation. So that's, I think, the goal there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, this is very interesting to me. I want to know pala, as a scientist and as a science communicator, I'm sure you've encountered people who have called COVID-19 a scamdemic or ang tawag sa mga nagpapabakuna ay sheep or mga biktima ng big pharma. Sa palagay niyo po ba? I mean, we all went through the same three years. Lahat tayo duman sa, sa buhay from 2020 to 2022. Yung iba nga, sa kasaway ang palad, hindi na natin kasama ngayon because of this sickness. So this pandemic is a shared global experience. Pero why does denialism still exist? I'll put in the answer that it's multifactorial. Maraming mga reasons. And one for it is it could be their inherent belief or denial in itself. Mm-hmm. And that's why kumbaga, you need to segmentize the type of beliefs and perceptions. And this is yung sinasabi ko, it's better to address those who are misinformed. They, they lack information. And, you know, they are the ones that we need to address. Uh, the ones who are in denial, it's kind of difficult to to address them because they shut you out. Hindi kaya get through. And so they are the ones that are difficult in a way. So I'd rather focus my efforts to those who who lack the information, who have a misinformed mm-hmm. because they don't know where to go. I think that's the biggest kumbaga, return in terms of our efforts. And only then when people kind of see you know, the, the benefits of it and kind of not seeing the disease anymore, then we can address those who are in denial. But 
ito nga eh, kumbaga short of saying those are the ones who are, should I say, pro-disease advocates kasi they'd rather have you the disease than, than be healthy and prevent against it. That's that paradigm. And it's, again, going back to people don't see the threat anymore. And with viruses kasi, it's an invisible threat. Mm-hmm. You don't see it if you can see it. I mean, however, however, when you look at other diseases that have a more drastic picture, for example, let's say Ebola, I'm sure if they see that you know disease happening in front of their eyes, they will readily jump into a vaccine and get it. And so you know, it all is about the perception. But this is where I think if we can get you know in in society the social or the behavioral scientists and all of those to help in terms of the proper way of communicating. I think, you know, that would be a best way to to address it. Pero address it at the core. I mean, what is important, like here in the UK, some vaccination coverage because they trust their healthcare professional, they trust their healthcare system. We are proud of it. So mataas ang kumaga, yung tiwala nila sa healthcare system because, yeah, it's something they're proud of. Pero I think for us in our country, we can start with, building your trust with your healthcare professional. In doctor, you know, I mean, for the doctors, for me especially, to take time to educate your patients, take time. I know, and I know because I'm a pediatrician where sometimes a clinic mo, naku, ilang pong nakapila. Mm-hmm. I know it's difficult, so we just need to be creative about it. Probably hold some some class or online class for the parents, you know, address those issues, have that consultation. You know, sometimes you have to go the extra mile to just, you know, invest in it, which will come back in returns for the long term. So, yeah, it's all about being physician, not just of the body, but of the mind as well. Yeah, ang ganda, ganda. Physician, not just of the body, but of the mind as well. I just want to share one more experience I had. I think this was last week then. I was watching the news and nakatao na yung segment was about the unemployment rates sa Philippines. And there were two people who were interviewed by the reporter. Yung isa, nahihirapan siyang makahanap talaga ng work dahil sa specialty niya. Pero yung, yung other person, nalungkot ako. Kasi sabi niya, kaya daw hindi siya makakuha ng work dito sa Philippines ay dahil ayaw niya magpabakuna. And nahihirapan siyang maghanap ng employer na tatanggap sa kanya dahil unvaccinated siya. So I just wanted to share this because... I want our listeners then to sort of grasp or get a better understanding. Na yung vaccination, we may see it as a health issue, maybe even as a you know as a social issue, but also it seeps into other aspects of life as well. Na siguro hindi natin inaakalang may domino effecto or may naapekto hang yeah. ibang di ba ibang aspeto ng buhay. Pero tignan nyo yan, like th- that person who is so steadfast in their belief na ayon yung pabakuna cannot even get work in in a very difficult time like this, and it's just sad. To hear that, not only are you refusing something that can save you from a preventable predicament, but also you are refusing the opportunity to have a livelihood. What I think is more important to consider there is, yeah, it's fine. I respect the individual, his beliefs or her beliefs and in, in that, and we'll address that separately. But what I'm more kind of concerned with is, you know, is societal responsibility. For example, if he lives, let's say, or he is in a place where, or he lives in a community na, or let's just say, na sa bahay niya, kasama sa bahay niya, merong, or yung parents niya na 70 or 80 years old na merong other diseases, like for example, may uncontrolled diabetes or may kidney disease or may liver disease, sila yung talagang may sasanong immunosuppressed ang condition, yung immune system nila, hindi 100%. 
Kasi nga dahil sa edad at dahil sa mga ibang kondisyon, medical na kondisyon, sila yung mas susceptible na tamaan ng serious na complications. So isipin na lang niya yung dulot noon kapag hindi niya. Wala na nga, hindi ko na nga siya iniisip eh, yung individual. Iniisip mm-hmm. ko na lang yung tatamaan na iba. Kumbaga yung mga collateral damage sa beliefs niya. Yeah. You know, they are the ones. Kasi sila, unang-una, hindi sila makapagbakuna dahil siguro contraindicated or you know, immune system nila hindi mataas yung effect ng bakuna kasi nga dahil dehado na immune system nila to begin with eh. So bibigyan mong bakuna, hindi ganun ka ganda yung effect as it would be, let's say, for yourself, a young, very, very young, fit person, I assume. So, <laughs> you know, that's where the difference lies and he or she should think about that. Uh, sige, not about him, pero iba. And I think really what companies are looking for is the effects of workforce. Like, kung magkaroon ng trangkaso yun, hawaan niya yung mga iba, especially, you know, if you're in a closed office na hindi maganda yung ventilation or whatever, yeah. yung contact and communications and you know, the environment. So, cubicles. Mas parang mahawa. The cubicles or mahawa sila. You know, be absent yung kalahati ng opisina. So, how does that feel in terms of productivity? So, pinag-aralan na yan. I mean, marami ng case studies about that. And yung return on investment sa workforce and the companies is really huge. And that's why companies invest in vaccination program for their employees. Mm-hmm. Kasi they see the benefits of it kasi. And so that's just one angle of it. There's more actually, which I think will run over time. Pero probably we can discuss this in the future, other aspects of it. Pero yeah, that's just one of the indirect impacts of not being vaccinated. Yeah, actually, good that you mentioned it because I would actually love to have you on the podcast again for another episode when you know when you're free, when you're not at a conference or when you have free time to to just talk about about what you do kasi what you do is is very interesting lalo na yun nga you're in a leadership position fighting this fight medyo I can yeah. only imagine the pressure <laughs> and I think really just to highlight that hindi sa pagbubuhat ng sariling bangko kumbaga <laughs> ang pagka-Pilipino natin I think really is what sees me through I mean the pressure that I am in and the challenges I mean imagine coming from halfway around the world yeah. into this first world country na the pressure na talaga yung issue na uh, you know, credible ka, you deserve to be here. And I think strikes to really the, the, the value of being Filipino na yung abilidad natin. I think that that pushes. So because I was born to an OFW family. I was born in Brunei actually because my parents mm-hmm. were OFWs there. Yeah, my, I mean, my siblings are abroad as well. And we kind of like persevered through that and, and showcase, you know, how a Filipino works, how a Filipino interacts. And, you know, kaya natin eh. We can be global. We are a global talent. We can be in any position in the workforce. And so, yun nga, I mean, for me, I feel very proud. I like saying uh, I showcase our strengths in the company as an employee, as a physician. So, yeah, I mean, by all means, and this is what inspires me uh, to be able to help more. And so, that sees me through. Mm-hmm. This episode has sort of like clarified a lot for us, has restated things that some of us may already know, and also leaves us with a lot of things to think about. And you mentioned inspiration in what you do. I'm sure na maraming nakikinig na maybe inspired din na tumulong in the same way as you. D- despite your busy schedule though, if they want to reach out to you, maybe have some questions for you, ano po ba yung best ways para makontakt kayo? Well, probably sa'yo na lang muna kasi I haven't established my <laughs> website. 
Uh, so yeah, but yeah, no, happy, happy to you know get back to another episode and and discuss more. We didn't really go much into the science of the vaccine, though. Pero yeah, probably we can discuss that in the near future. Yeah, absolutely, po. Magkakaroon to ng part two. All right, but before I end our episode and before you get back to your conference, I'd like to ask you for a piece of advice for aspiring Filipino scientists out there, especially people who want to practice their craft in the Philippines. Pursue your passion, be relentless. And so there might be drawbacks, pero you know, things happen for a reason. You may not realize it at the onset, pero there is a really a reason to it. Uh, door closes, a window of opportunity will open. So be steadfast, be inspired. And more importantly, look for role models. I know it's difficult, I should say, during these times. Pero I think that's a key corporate secret. You know, look for role models. See, and then look for mentors as well. And you know, who someone who can who can guide you, the one who has gone through it. Look for those. It doesn't hurt to approach them. And yeah, they will help you through your journey and your life's journey and your career journey. And you will be successful. So keep that always in mind. Yun, I love it. Yun. So again, Dr. Philip, thank you so much for sharing your time and expertise. Looking forward to part two of our conversation. Let's get into the science of the whole vaccination, the vaccine creation and development process. But for now, thank you so much. Take care, stay safe, and keep in touch po. My pleasure. And looking forward to speaking again soon. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ask Theory. Follow Flip Science on Facebook, at FlipSciencePH on Twitter, and at FlipFacts on Instagram. And check out our official Shopee store if you want to get copies of our books, Historiang Scientifico and Science Scramble. Stay curious!